Star Wars 7x7 episode 2016. Hey, there was a movie in 2016 called Rogue One. Maybe that's what we should talk about today. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, Rogue One, <laughs> we're going to talk about it in terms of family. And you could say, and I think this isn't even just from a certain point of view, I think it's very strongly the case that family is the prime mover and motivator and insider of action in Rogue One, particularly as it concerns our protagonist, Jyn Erso. And this is framed for us from the very beginning of the movie when Galen Erso takes young Jin and says, remember, whatever I do, I'm doing it for you. Do you understand? And she says, yes. But obviously that memory probably gets a little lost over the years and over the <laughs> terrible things that Jin had to do while working with Saw Gerrera and then after having been abandoned by Saw Gerrera, but it all comes flooding back over the course of the events of Rogue One. And there are some beautiful parallels and follow-throughs that I had not noticed in my previous viewings of the movie. Also, we haven't done the Hope episode about Rogue One, but I have reams of notes about that, and so we will be getting back to that later this month. But yeah, one thing at a time. The parallels and follow-ups, for example, when Krennic shows up on Lamu and tells Galen that he's you know a great scientist but a terrible liar, but then later on when Jin gets to see Galen's hologram message at Sagarera's house, she hears him say that he learned to do you know one particular thing. He learned to lie. Like, he may have been a terrible liar before, but it's lying that actually created the situation that's going to allow the Rebellion to fight against the Empire and defeat this planet killer. And additionally, when Jin is at Rebel headquarters on Yavin 4 and they ask, you know, when was the last time you've seen your dad? And, you know, she says, I like to think he's dead. It makes things easier. And then in the hologram, Galen says that he only thinks of Jin when he's strong enough to do so. I just thought that that was a beautiful parallel when I finally <laughs> remembered and discovered it. Now, Jin was previously a rebel, had been fighting with Saw Gerrera and his partisans until, funnily enough, family became an issue. Saw was getting paranoid about the fact that people would clue in to who Jin was and who she was related to, and that was part of the reason why he abandoned her. But she was still definitely harboring a lot of anti-imperial tendencies, but wasn't really fighting for the cause and doesn't decide to do anything until she finds out that her father not only is a known Imperial Weapons collaborator, but may have been the person to send Bodhi Rook off to the Rebels with information about this. So suddenly her notion of who her father is and what he may have done in her name or you know, thinking that he was only doing for her is a lot different from what she grew up thinking. 
In fact, he may have been on her side all along, which she starts to suspect after the briefing on Yavin 4, and which is fully confirmed for her when she goes to Saw Gerrera's and sees the hologram message from him. That not only reactivates her as a rebel and recommits her to the cause, but it also ultimately makes her decide to continue and carry out her father's work, especially after the unfortunate bombing raid on Edu that takes his life. You know, one of the things that I still have a little trouble with with the movie is that whole situation where Cassian was supposed to kill Galen and obviously didn't, and Jin tells him, you know, you can't talk your way out of this one, but ultimately she lets him go. Maybe it's because... She's got bigger fish to fry with this whole situation, or maybe it's because, hey, she fought with Saw Gerrera. she knows that people make some seriously difficult decisions, and ultimately, he's right, he didn't pull the trigger after all, he made a different decision about the situation, and maybe that's what allows her to be able to work with him as a result. At least, that's the way I've figured it out in my head, that's the way the pieces fit together for me. So... Yeah, Rogue One, very much a story of family, of the Urso family and how one man's sacrifice and secret double life ends up reigniting the passion for justice in his daughter. There is another bit about family that is very quickly hinted at, actually two bits, which, you know, we'll get to right after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So, I was thinking of Cassie and Andor before the break, and as I was recording the episode, it literally just occurred to me in that moment, oh, and the Organa family too. So, you know, Bail Organa and Leia Organa appear in this movie, and there is that moment where Bail says to Mon Mothma, you know, I trust her with my life. And if you've seen a few Star Wars movies, you know who he's talking about, and you know it's his daughter, and wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But it's really not made very obvious that they are family in this particular movie. So, you know, it's there, but you kind of have to look for it. Meanwhile, as I was thinking about Cassie and Andor, that scene that they have in the U-Wing after Edu, where he's yelling at Jin while she's yelling at him, and he says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You have to get a little additional background for it, and obviously we don't have that if we're just watching the movie, but the notion that he was a kid in this fight, and if he was six years old and we know this is happening right before the events of A New Hope, well, that means that he was right in it from the very beginning, basically, from the time when the Galactic Republic fell and it became the Empire. And when you look into the backstory, you realize that his home planet, he was on a planet that was part of the Trade Federation, or part of the Confederacy of Independent Systems, if you will, I should say, and that he was throwing rocks and bottles and whatnot at clone troopers 
until the clone troopers became the Empire's stormtroopers. And so, you know, he was against that side, as it were, all along. So that's where this whole, you know, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. But anybody who's been in a fight since he was six years old, you have to imagine that family somehow factors in to that whole situation. But clearly, he's not in touch with his family anymore. And now his family is this Rebel Alliance. When he gives that final monologue to Jin before they steal the Imperial cargo shuttle and head off to Scarif, you know, he talks about all the mercenaries and assassins that work for the Rebellion and how they've all done terrible things on the behalf of the Rebellion, but that if they didn't do anything to support the situation now, then it's all for nothing. I mean, that's a commitment to the adoptive family, which is something that we've talked about with the Rebellion, that very much so, for the Rebellion and the Resistance too, adoptive family and the family that you create with the people around you it was just as important as the blood family. And I would say, too, that that's sort of a hallmark of the good guys. You don't really see stuff with the bad guys about the adoptive family, if you will, and how desperately important that is for survival. I mean, I guess it kind of is in a way, but it seems to be much more thematically carried through with the good guys. Anyway. So, there you go, a discussion of family as it's manifested in Rogue One, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.